Hey friends, thank you guys so much for joining in on another episode of Cast of the Word. Today we're starting part three of our series, What's Love Got to Do With It? Guys, thank you so much again for joining part three of our series titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? Today we're going to talk about the pursuit of love. And just as a quick reminder, please remember to subscribe or follow Cast the Word wherever you listen to podcasts. That would help me out a ton. If you're interested in in receiving our email newsletter, you can go to casttheword.com, scroll down to the bottom, and enter in your email in the subscription box. This too would greatly help me. It's just a way for us to stay connected. You would also be eligible to receive exclusive content and be immediately notified when new episodes are um, published. So if you're willing to do that, uh, we greatly appreciate your support. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about our pursuit of love. So this is part three of our What's Love Got to Do With It series. Um, If you haven't yet checked out part two, I encourage you to do that. Uh, We talk about love being greater than hate, and we break that down a little bit, just diving into the Word of God and showing how love is so much more powerful than hate, and how sometimes, especially in the world we're living in today, it can be hard to distribute or dispense love, but we break that down and hopefully give you some encouragement there. So if you haven't had a chance to look at that, I encourage you to go to casttheword.com and listen to uh, that episode. So love is the foundation of any relationship we have had or continue to have with a significant other. Without love, we have no true relationship, and relationships are vital to our lives. So as we continue with the What's Love Got to Do with It series, in part three, we want to dive into a biblical perspective on pursuing love. And the first part of pursuing love starts in the dating scene. So let's talk about that just for a few moments. Uh, Before we dive into this, let me just preface all this by saying and giving you a disclaimer that I am in no way a relationship expert, nor am I a relationship counselor, but we can't talk about love without hitting on the pursuit of love as well. So I'm going to do my best to, to break this down a little bit for us today. In my study for this topic, I did come across some very um, interesting Bible plans on the Bible app that if you're if you're really interested in diving into this, I encourage you to check those out. You can dive into a particular topic like marriage or dating, any topic like that that's of interest to you. There are tons of Bible plans out there on the Bible app. So if this is interesting to you and you want to go into a deeper level, then I encourage you to check that out there. There are so many plans out there to help you in your pursuit of love, both in the dating and in the marriage scenes. So in the 21st century, the pursuit of love is abundantly available available and extremely easy to tap into, especially if you have a phone. And what I mean by that is that the pursuit of love can start by simply downloading an app. For those listening that are in the dating scene, I'd encourage you to be cautious with dating apps today, though. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. A few months ago, I taught a message to our youth group titled Swipe Right, and I felt so I felt that that word was so applicable to the world that the youth lives in today. But to be honest, it's not just a youth message. It's not just for the youth. Everyone of all different ages are dating. But this message for Swipe Right that I taught our youth group a few months back, I felt was so applicable to their lives because we talked a little bit about dating apps like Tinder and Bumble and some of those things. But in regards to this topic, I just want to break down the fact that it's not just for the youth. The author of the book Swipe Right, The Life and Death of Power of Sex and Romance, um, the author's name is Levi Lusco. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. He says that we should train today for the relationship we want tomorrow. And that's great advice, especially for those in the dating world today. I haven't read his book, so I don't know of all the contents, but I've read uh, the preface and um, looked through, just skimmed through some of the chapters. It looks like it's interesting. Um, it looks like it has some good advice in it. And another author said, 
that we should think about resisting the instant prime shipping pleasure for real love and intimacy. And unfortunately, through the forces of technology, the dating scene today has widely turned into hookup stations where you just simply swipe right on who you think is attractive and who you might be interested in in hooking up with. And in, in my opinion, this method, while I guess, you know, could be successful for some, offers extreme temptations that can be difficult as we walk with Christ. Christ wants us to find love on this earth. There's no doubt about that, but we need to be careful about some of the dating apps. Again, I I know that this has been successful for some. I would argue it's, it's not for a lot of other people. You know, I don't want to completely disregard you know, online dating, because I do know some people that have actually found genuine love um, through online dating, and I know there's nothing wrong with that concept, so please understand that. Um, but the the reason I'm focusing on this specifically today is because of the new age, the new 21st century age of apps like Tinder and Bumble might have to offer. And according to Insider, the reason I say that is because dating apps give us too many choices, and it's actually ruining our chances for finding love. While they're you know, a great way to meet people, the number of choices that are available actually make it hard for someone to settle down when someone even better could be just a few swipes away. We're oversaturated almost. It also makes us more picky about appearance and causes us to almost be looks obsessed. These apps make the chances of finding a date or potential love simply based on one or two photos of yourself, and we're worth so much more than that. According to Bold, these dating apps have turned the pursuit of love into something that is all about physical attraction. It's all about sex, and it's almost too uncomfortably casual. The process is way too casual. But in order to pursue love and find our soulmate, we have to date, right? That's the process we have to go through. And dating, when accomplished successfully, is a fun way to meet new people. But I would encourage you to stick to the Bible on when and if you are dating. And in the process, you should go about that biblically. Proverbs 10.9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. So if you're dating, I encourage you to date ethically and make sure that the one you are dating walks in integrity and is an imitator of God according to Ephesians chapter 5. Men, make sure the women you are dating Live up to Proverbs 31 standard. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with her kindness. Thoughts and words are a gateway to one's heart, so men, learn the woman that you are dating. Don't rush the process. Pray about it. Ask God to guide you and make sure the person you are dating is right for you. Be serious about who you date. Take it seriously. Don't don't be so uncomfortably casual about it. Women, make sure the man you are dating loves you for who you are and not what you have to give him. Make sure he sets a godly example and walks with integrity, wisdom, and compassion, just as Christ did. Make sure the man you are dating is a good spiritual partner for you as well. That's so important, especially as you look ahead to the future. And you should look ahead to the future. You should consider what if this becomes long-term. So I encourage you to really pray about the people you are dating and ask for God's help. Have the Holy Spirit guide you in finding the right person because sometimes we are so quick in the process of finding love that we settle and it is very important important to take your time finding your partner. God has the right person out there for you. Be patient and pray and he'll deliver that person to you. From a marriage perspective, even when the pursuit of love seems accomplished through the act of marriage, we must still continue pursuing our spouses. Complacency today is a large issue in marriages. 
We get married, we find jobs, we have children, we settle down, years go by, and we can often find ourselves in a rut if we're not diligent. Keep your lives together exciting, experience new things together, and never let your time grow old. Be sure that we are pursuing love for our spouses through giving each other your time and affection. This is so important to continue maintaining the love that you have previously pursued. For us men, we have to learn to be patient, kind, and gentle in our marriage, and follow the model laid out for us in Ephesians 5 by loving our wives just as Christ loved the church. Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. For those of us that are married, we have to be diligent about honoring our marriage. Sometimes we may fail at this, and sometimes we may take our marriage for granted. But that goes back to one of the topics we discussed last week, that when we miss the mark through the act of love, to have love be greater than hate, when we miss the mark, we have to be quick to apologize. I do not in any way, shape, or form pretend to be a perfect husband to my wife. But one thing I can admit to is that when I mess up, I try my hardest to be quick to apologize. And when we consider our pursuit of love in the marriage, not only should we continue pursuing our spouse, but we must also ensure to maintain the love that we have been pursuing and have built. So when we miss the mark... Be quick to apologize. For love to be greater than hate, we've got to be quick to apologize, and we've got to be the first to try to pursue reconciliation. The marriage union between a husband and wife is comparable to that union which we have with Christ. There is a reason that the Bible always compares the relationship between him and the church to that of a husband and wife, because the marriage union is very powerful and is a perfect image to the love, intimacy, and relationship that Christ himself wants to have with each and every one of us. Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. It's very popular. I'm sure you've heard about it. But if you haven't, I I would encourage you and your spouse to take the test and see what your love language is. This is a great opportunity to get to know your spouse on a deeper level and know what they need in regards to showing love and affection. And finally, I really want to hone in on this topic that our pursuit for love should first and foremost be driven towards Christ. With all of what we said about dating and marriage, with all of that being said, let me just end this segment by stating that our love and pursuit for Christ should always be first. Before dating, before marriage, before anything else, there should reside in our hearts a place that will always pursue Christ first and foremost, by abiding in him and him abiding in you, according to John 15, then and only then can you show the strength of your pursuit for love towards your significant other. Christ is the spiritual picture of the groom, and we are the spiritual picture of the bride. In in Luke 11, 19, Jesus said to keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Our pursuit for Christ should never end. There is never a point in our relationship with Jesus where we should say, I've made it, I'm content, and I'm not interested in growing any deeper with Him. We should never get to that point. We should continue stoking the flame and fire for our passion towards Him from now until the day we die. The moment we stop, that's when our fire goes out, the fire of God in our hearts. That's when that goes out. And the moment that fire goes out, the darkness comes in. In order to keep the darkness out of our lives, out of our house, and out of our relationships, we must maintain first the fire for Jesus in our hearts. 
Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I talk about this a lot with our youth group. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. There's a contingency there. We have to search for him with all of our heart. And when we do that, that's when we'll find him. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. There is nothing on this earth that is worth sacrificing your relationship with Christ. There is no boy or girl, man or woman, that is worth you diminishing your relationship with Jesus. If the person you are pursuing is driving a wedge between you and God, then that person is simply not right for you. If there is a person you are pursuing that is causing you to spend less time with God instead of more time with God, then that person is not right for you. Iron sharpens iron, so your relationship with the significant other, if it is biblically centered, should cause you to go deeper into communion with God. This is the best part of having a relationship with a person that has equal faith as you. We have to find people in our pursuit of love on this earth that share the same set of beliefs that we have. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So what does that mean? The New Living Translation says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Amos 3 verse 3 says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? These are things we must consider as we are dating or even throughout our marriage. Are we walking together? And are we walking towards Christ? Above our relationship with our partner is Christ the center of it all. Is Christ at the forefront of it all? Whether we're young or whether we're old, Christ should be the front. Whether we're dating or whether we're married, Christ should be the pursuit of our love above everything else. These are things we have to consider as we begin dating, as we are dating, or even throughout our marriage. Even if you've been married for 20, 30, 40 years, these are things that we have to consider today. So I encourage you to have a vision for your marriage that is above all Christ-centered, that is above all headed towards Christ, not away from Him. Where are you going in the future right now? What is your vision right now for your future. If Jesus is not with you, then I, I challenge you, I encourage you to reconsider if that's the path you really want to go. Guys, I pray that you found encouragement in this today. We're breaking down the topic of love. This is part three of our series, What's Love Got to Do With It? Last, uh, in the last episode, we talked about love being greater than hate. In this episode, we're talking about intimate love, that love with uh, the pursuit of, of finding a partner, that love and that pursuit and that maintenance of, of maintaining our partnership through our marriage. And above all, that pursuit of love that never ends, that's always revealing itself to us, that pursuit of love with Christ. Next time we're going in, in a different direction, we're still talking about the topic of love. We're still identifying what's love got to do with it in regards to our life and our Christian walk. So I hope you're finding encouragement in this. I love you guys. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.